sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick McCarty. And this week, I don't really quite understand it, but Pat made it up. So what are we doing, Pat? We're doing a, a kind of inspired by the new podcast with Lauren Lapkus and John Gabris. Uh, our edition of Raised by TV, we're just going to basically just talk about some of the stuff we watched when we were growing up. Our, as they say, must-see TVs from you know the teenage years and grade school years and then um the second half we'll just talk about our most recent must-see tvs that we talk about all the time anyway but it's always fun to talk about the good place yeah i don't man i don't know like trying to think about like tv was pretty big wasteland when i was younger and like into my teens so it's gonna be hard right but i'm not saying that you look on them now and say they're must-see tv i'm saying when you were a kid you loved it maybe you didn't have anything like that i had a lot of stuff that i loved watching every week and i look back on it now and it's not very good or sometimes it's pretty good but yeah i can think of stuff okay yeah i uh i mean well the one thing i liked even as a young kid uh was soap which i think does hold up yes that is a, a perfect example of something i didn't understand it but for some reason i liked it and i think it more than holds up because I is a like a ten or twelve year old. It would be on at seven thirty, like during that rerun block during the day. Yeah, and I would watch it and not really understand it. But I think as an adult, it's a lot funnier, and it it, it definitely is a very funny show. And I think it was before its time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. With the uh, first, well, not the first gay character, maybe the first gay lead character on a primetime series. Well, was that Tony Randall show? Was he gay or? like out or was it just like what people? the odd couple no no the one before that uh what was the i've never seen an episode of it but i thought it was like unspoken that he was a gay character or was it just unspoken so he wasn't no a gay idea character? yeah i mean he might have been you know uh, uh let me, an eligible let me bachelor as they say but i doubt they would have made him gay in prime time before that i don't think it was I'm I'm looking at the the shows he was in and it's it's not mentioned on his Wikipedia but a show called Mr. Peepers is and that's that's not it. Uh, it Let's was uh, Love Love Sydney. Oh, I that like was after was, soap, dude. It wasn't after it was after soap. I didn't know that. I thought it was like in the 70s. All right. Did you ever watch that? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I never I never saw it. I, it's just one of those shows I'd heard of and never saw. Obviously, I never saw because watching something, you'd know it was from After Soap just from the, the weird color choices that came onto TV in the 80s. I watched Soap live, like primetime, uh, when I was a kid. I don't actually think they showed it live, but whatever. No, it was taped live before a studio audience said it right at the beginning. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I watched it like when it was on primetime. I had insomnia, well, since I was... Born, I guess. I, I don't remember ever not having insomnia because I used to stay up late and watch Carson too when I was a kid. Well, remember. soap was shown again. It was like counter programming against Carson, right? Was it maybe? Maybe was it on that late? Fuck yeah, I, I don't even so. remember. That could be. Um, but you know, we had like a shitty little tiny black and white TV in the room. Me and my brother shared a room. I was on the top bunk. He was no, like, I got that wrong. It was nine thirty. Okay, yeah, that seems more reasonable. I thought it was just like a primetime show. Um, so uh, what year were you born? 70. So you're like seven or eight. 
Yeah, this yeah. A, and when I, it started, so I, by the end you're ten. Yeah, I'm sure I didn't get most of the stuff either. Uh, there was a puppet, so you had to love that. Yeah, I did, and I did love the puppet. Um, also, th- for uh, for Richard Mulligan is just like I think his face was so like rubbery it would be good for kids to watch and they would yeah. laugh at that oh, he was the king i was in love with him dude yeah. he was like the don knots <laughs> of that era um yeah no richard mulligan was great i mean that and that's mainly what i watched it for um, but i mean it was it was bizarrely funny enough that it could even if you didn't understand like all the sex shit or whatever um you could you could follow it and enjoy it as a kid and yeah. but even more so as an adult like you said i remember like bert got um Bert got kidnapped by aliens, and uh, they sent a fake Bert down who was actually an alien who looked like Bert to take uh-huh. his place, and he didn't know what was going on. And like when I was a kid in grade school, I pretended I was an alien, uh, <laughs> like I'd been abducted and I'd been replaced by an alien. I like did that for like a week, and, and like literally nobody even noticed anything different. <laughs> so I had this thing going on when I was in seventh or eighth grade where I forget exactly the story, but I had decided that I don't think I was an alien, but I had talked to aliens and I would tell everybody about it. It was just this put upon thing I had going on that I thought was hilarious. And I like kids would ask me to talk about it. And then I think one of my friends just, because I would put it on as if it were real, they, he got just so irritated with it because other kids were, I don't know if they actually thought I was insane, but they were acting like they thought I was insane. He just told me to knock it off because it was, it, it was bugging him and it was making <laughs> him think I was too weird. So I, I, I knocked it off. It wasn't that important to me. Okay. So at first when you said it, I thought you – like it was something you convinced yourself that you actually were abducted by aliens. No. No, no. You, it was all just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, I used to do that kind of crazy shit too. I'm – I remember one time uh, I got sent to the principal's office in fifth grade because I, uh, for whatever reason, I decided I wanted to sit underneath my desk in class that day. So I just sat under there and I wouldn't, I wouldn't get up when he told me to sit in my seat. So he called the, well, it was the vice principal because I think in most schools, the vice principal is the dickhead, right? The principal is just like a figurehead. The vice principal takes care of all the uh, administration of justice, basically. And uh, the vice principal was, like, walking me to the office. And he's like, what do you think you are, the class clown? And I was like, yeah. I thought it was a great thing. I was like, oh, is that a – I didn't know that it was, like, considered a ba- – I didn't even know it was considered a thing. I'll... Anyway, I but – I mean, I would not consider that a bad thing either. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll be the <laughs> class clown. That sounds like fun. Anyway, um, yeah, Soap. Soap was my first TV show I really remember – like getting into as a kid. Um, I, I watched Barney Miller with my dad. That one I think was over my head at the time. Yeah. Um, I remember watching Barney Miller with my parents and it would definitely have been all over. Uh, like, I think we've talked about this before. It would be the, the, like the, the funny stuff we might not have gotten, but we both would have laughed at fish. Yeah. Fish was funny. And, uh, so was, uh, Yamana. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, this is something I've talked about before, but I, I was convinced when I was a kid that Yamana, died while the show was airing so i was like man it must have been like no he did dude not while it was airing it's the show was taped so it was like i thought oh I, what i see what you're saying yeah yeah i thought people watching the show saw him die but so this i guess there was a special episode where the actor who i don't know his name jack pl- sue played 
No, no. Well, Jack Sue died, but uh, Woja Howitz, the actor who played Woja Howitz, talked about watching him, like, I guess he had a heart attack on the set or something, and just everyone being so concerned. And it just stuck with me. I was like, oh, my God. People saw the guy die on TV. (laughs) Well, that – did I – I probably told you before. I might have even said on the podcast, but, like, when I was in preschool, dude, one of our teachers just got a phone call and started freaking the fuck out and, like, crying and screaming and, like – I guess her daughter had been on a hike with Girl Scouts or something and fallen off a cliff. And oh, my God. Died. And, like, Jeez. for, at, at, like, such a young age, I was, like, I think my mom told me what happened. I was, like, why did you tell me that? Like, and then <laughs> falling off a cliff was, like, my greatest fear forever. And that used to always be my, my nightmares was falling off a cliff. Um, now, I'm, like, how the fuck do you fall off a cliff, dummy? <laughs> now, I'm kidding. R.I.P. Unknown preschool teacher's daughter that's that's awful uh anyway yeah that's fun. I, know, I know it's funny like the the shit you think of when you're a kid mm-hmm. like when i asked my mom about sex i don't i was fucking young dude but you know like how baby where babies came from she was like the man's penis shoots semen into the woman's vagina and i thought the dude would just be like sitting on the couch across the room and <laughs> it would just shoot out into her and yeah, no clue. Wouldn't that be so much easier? Yeah, so much easier. Oh my god. God, get rid of all that work. Um, yeah, soap was soap was the first one for me, and then I also remember liking Benson, which was a spinoff of soap, just because I loved it was Benson. Benson. Yeah. Yeah, I loved, I love, love, and I don't think Benson yeah, doesn't hold up like soap does. I will. I say don't that. know. I haven't watched it, and you refuse to watch it, so I'll never find out. But um. I didn't have the reference to soap when I watched Benson. I didn't watch soap in reruns until after I'd already seen Benson. And I only I, now that you mentioned Benson, I realized that when I was watching the soap in reruns, I was only watching it to get clip, glimpses of Benson because I loved Benson so much. <laughs> Missy Gold. Missy Gold, the one without any eating disorders. Yes, the first of the Gold sisters to oh, make I it on the she, TV. She didn't have one. I thought she did. So it's the one from a, another show I loved, Growing Pains, that had Wait, the eating disorder. Yeah. Did you actually love Growing Pains? Yes, I did. I I, li- I liked it a lot. I I mean, I was. A, you have to remember, I was born in '74, so I was I'm a little younger than you. So that's my excuse because I came out in '85. So I was nine nine years old when I watched it, and I really liked it. And then it got bad. Yeah, I was 15, so I was I was like, what is this? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did love the fact that they had a character named Boner. I remember nope. thinking, oh, that is bold. <laughs> I don't think that was, on pur- <laughs> I don't think, I don't understand. I guess it was on purpose. That was being bold. I don't really know. 85? Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Boner. R.I.P. 85? Or did the actor who played Boner? The actor. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, this podcast, I know you don't listen to it, but I listen to Never Not Funny, um, with, uh, Jimmy Pardo, he was, Boner was, oh my God, was it his brother-in-law? It was his wife's brother, I think. And uh-huh. yeah, he, he used to work on the show on Never Not Funny, and he died a few years back. Like, I don't know the whole story. I think he was, like, depressed or something. He, he was in Canada and, like, got lost in the woods or some weird shit. Oh, that's but, sad. Like, yeah, it was a really sad story. So, R.I.P. Boner, the easily the best part of that show, let me say that as well because alan thick and joanna kern kerns kern whatever her name was were so bland 
And like Kirk Cameron was supposed to be like the big heartthrob, but he seemed very much like a Mormon to me too at the time. And then at, he cared about time, Ben. I, at the time, he was cool to me. He was cool. Oh, of course, if you're nine, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's no Richard Mulligan, but along the same lines, another show I liked a lot was Family Ties, which I think Growing Pains is probably a better show. I, but that had bland parents. I think Family Ties was a better show. Think so? Neither one of them holds up worth a damn no. today. Well, but I think Family Ties holds up better because of Michael J. Fox. Yes. Okay. Michael uh, J. Fox just carried that show, and he was so good. And But those parents, the oh, I forget. It's uh, Meredith Baxter, Bernie, and... Um, Michael Gross? Michael Gross. They were super bland. And I think that show might be uh, why so many people of my generation became conservative because the the hippies were so annoying and Michael J. Fox was cool. And it was originally not, I mean, it was originally supposed to be kind of about like the battle between, you know, the hippies and the conservative kid, but like it was supposed to be focused more on the family and especially the parents. And I think Michael J. Fox just like broke out so hard and it's hard to like imagine from this, you know, vantage point now, but like he really kicked ass on that show. Like he was, yeah, a huge breakout and he had charisma and he was, yeah. And the producers refused to let him do back to the future. So he had to do it like after he was finished filming family ties, which yeah. why they'd be so such jerks. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because back to the future was huge and well, deservedly huge. Yes. No kudos to Michael J. Fox during that era. He was, he was the shit. And yeah, uh, I mean, the reason they didn't want him to do it, he was their fucking meal ticket. They didn't want to lose him. That shows nothing without him. Right, but they were going to lose them no matter what, so right, <laughs> at least don't piss them off. That's true. Uh, going back a little bit. Uh, wait, wait, oh, wait. Go, Before sorry. you go back, hold on to that thought. That's something I want to talk about from our era of uh, TV sitcoms, especially, was the bringing in the fucking younger child. Having the cuppy ha- couple have a baby for so I don't both know of these what shows, reason. Both of these shows we're talking about did it. Family Ties did it with the the I forget yeah, the kid's little name. asshole, yeah. And Growing Pains did it with a, a little girl. Oh, that's right. And, they had a little daughter. I forget. And and in each case, they grew like seven yes. years within one season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brady Bunch did it first. Another show I was obsessed with as a kid is Brady with Bunch. Cousin Oliver. Oh, we were all Cousin obsessed Oliver, with Brady Bunch. But, but uh it wasn't at least it made sense oh he's a cousin it makes sense for right. him to be a cousin and i don't even know how many episodes he was on but the these bringing on kids and having them age was just such an odd 80s phenomenon yeah the, uh, married with children did it as well right they did oh seven right was that a, yeah. some shit like something that something like that i mean yeah. we talked about that show already jumping the shark i hesitate to go into it for more bad reviews <laughs> but uh yeah no that that was awful um cousin oliver Always reminded me of that little egghead chicken on the Foghorn Leghorn cartoons. <laughs> Wait, this is this is interesting because the exact show I was going to go back to talk about also has one of those kids that comes later. So I was going to talk about different strokes. I love different strokes when I was the age, like I was, you know, five or six years old. It had little, I don't know why. It, it, this is a show that doesn't, there's nothing about it. It's, it's the most racist, weird show that ever existed. It really is. I loved it too, though. But so... Up to a it point, was, at a, after a, after I got to a certain age, you know, I was like... Oh, after you're at that certain age is when they brought the kid in, and that's when Mr. Drummond got married to... Um, 
to Designing Women. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and I, but I think they replaced Designing Women. I think it was one actress one season, and then it was someone else a different season. But she brought along her son, who was this southern, yeah. southern little kid. Sam. To, to Mr. Yeah. D. Yeah, that yeah. little fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> so that's another show that that tried that method. Which was, different Strokes is from. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say it was unnecessary because Gary Coleman always looked like a young kid. Like it's not right, like, but his voice changed, and it was it was a different. It was a whole different. It was different. Yeah, he looked like a little kid, but he didn't have the little kid voice anymore, and it was always different. But Different Strokes had I don't know if it was one or two spinoffs, or was it, was Different Strokes a spinoff of Facts of Life? No, Facts, Facts of Life was a spinoff because Mrs. Garrett worked for Mr. Drummond right. at first. She, right. she okay. was his first maid. And I loved Facts of Life uh, yes. for a little yes. while. And I don't know if you remember the first season. This is like, this is the first, maybe not the first, but this was an early crush I remember. Molly like Ringwald? Molly Ringwald, yeah. And yeah. we were like approximately the same age. She was maybe a year or two older than I was. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, the, I remember having a huge crush on Molly Ringwald. And then she was like gone. After one season, they like axed half the girls in that school. I had the huge crush on um, Joe. Joe. Yeah. Yep. Obviously. Was, yeah, that was the one most people did. No, there's plenty most of Blair guys. lovers. Well, and most women. What? There's plenty of Blair lovers. I guess. Yeah, Blair was always just so bitchy. I didn't get it, but. Um, and that and uh, Facts of Life reminds me of Alice, which is a show. Kiss my grits. I also loved when I was a kid. I mean, I watched it. We, we always have to make sure for our, that our millennial listeners understand. There were like three fucking channels back then. Literally, ABC, CBS, and there's NBC. Six, there's there's six channels. There's three channels with new content. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, was, there were the UHF channels that were and, the and, same as uh, today. but And don't forget PBS. PBS, of course, yeah. Well, Sesame Street, How it goes without saying, I think we all love that. Oh, The Muppet Show, another one. Right, another show I was obsessed with. Yeah, always came on after Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom here. Really? I have no idea what it was on. I know it was Sunday nights at like 7.30, so it wasn't a network show, it was like syndicated. Yeah, it was 6.30 here, I think. I don't know why. Um, it's so, I mean, I, I guess because my dad really liked TV, it's... I think as a kid, I I knew the difference between a network show and a syndicated show, and it was very important to me the difference. And I I think as as the eighties as wore on, they talked about it more, like in newspaper articles and stuff about what what kind of show something was. But like something like uh, oh, I, uh, what's Small that Wonder? show? Small Wonder. That's a good example. I was thinking of the show where there's the 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 sheriff. She's the sheriff. Not she's the sheriff. There's the uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but there's the that guy who who looked like a a preacher played the mayor in this town, and there's a sheriff, and it was kind of this kind of quaint comedy that would be on the kind of a hee haw hour. Oh god, yeah, no of, idea, dude. But yeah, okay. But anyway, like like Small Wonder, that was syndicated, and then that or or even better, when I was older, the show I was obsessed with, not obsessed, but I really liked was a My Secret Identity about the kid who had superpowers given to him by his neighbor. And he, he used to fly by using aerosol cans. And in the second season, he didn't use aerosol cans anymore because that hurt the environment. Played by Andrew McConnell. Oh, what's his name? Not McConnell. Andrew. Uh, no, no. no. Uh, uh, the guy from Sliders. Jerry McDonald. Uh, Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, yeah. Yeah, don't remember that one. But no. I, oh, I love that one. I didn't know the difference between syndicated and network at that 
at that like the Muppet Show, you know, I didn't really understand. Yeah, I probably didn't know it then. Yeah. Um. But you know, the Muppet Show was also. I mean, it was like corny ass humor, but also like subversive in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, I don't. I wasn't picking up on that. Yeah. Well, and we. I mean, we grew up with uh, Sesame Street, so it was like the. I don't want to say adult version because, but adults did enjoy the Muppet Show. But you know, it was the I think more adults enjoyed Sesame Street. Even though, oh, maybe not. Maybe not. But yeah. yeah. But I hear what you're saying. The more it was, mature version of Sesame. It's not I, for kids necessarily. When I was a, when I was a kid, I always thought of the Muppet. And I loved the Muppet Show as like. Not the fun, but the non-educational version. Like yes, not exactly. To, it's just it's more entertainment. And the the great thing about the Muppet Show was all the weirdo guests. Like, I didn't, I still don't know what Alice Cooper was, but I was like, that's like that's like a rock star. Yeah, and they had like Debbie Harry on too. Yeah, they had cool guests. I mean, that was the era also of variety shows, which were even at the time, like as a kid, I just remember thinking, this is like, what is this? This is like some corny old school showbiz shit that's that exactly should not what exist. Yeah. Well, the Muppet Show was the end of that era. So the it was Muppet, kind of... Well, the Muppet Show was almost a satire on that shit. So right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what? Yeah, Different Strokes. Jesus Christ. Um, different, so was there any other spinoffs like Facts of Life? I mean, Facts of Life had a kind of spun itself off, right? Yeah, it I turned into know. some weird thing where uh, but it was Leachman was on there. Yeah, and yeah, George and they Clooney. they ran a store. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was. But Joe and so that's what made me think of Alice. Joe uh, was played by Nancy McKeon, and her brother was was Alice's Alice's son. son. Yeah, um, and I don't you don't see either of them on. I guess they didn't make the transition. No, I mean they probably took their money and ran. Why not? There's Shit. a there's a very funny viral video with, I don't know if you call it, can call it a viral video, advertising video from GQ magazine where they have uh, Jason Bateman. And Jennifer Aniston answering questions from Google, and it's like when you type in J- uh, Jason Bateman, what you know how sometimes it fills it autofills. So it just took some those kind of questions out, and that was it was pretty entertaining. And one of them is Justin ba- is Jason Bateman Justin Bateman's brother, and he's like, no, I never heard her. <laughs> well, speaking of Jason Bateman, Silver Spoons, did you ever watch yep. that? And that's another spinoff of Different Strokes. Yes, you're right. Yes, it is. And was that syndicated or was it network? I, I mean, it doesn't it really matter. Okay. That was network. Um, but Jason Bateman was great on that. I didn't care for the show so much. I had a crush on Aaron Gray. Another. And you could see also see her in Buck Rogers. In Buck Rogers. Yep. I love. I guess Buck Rogers. <laughs> I guess Buck Rogers was syndicated. Yeah, it it wasn't great. I have to say, Buck Rogers, but yeah. I did watch it. Um, I think. I think. Well, as a kid, it was great. So it was, I think, for that, like if they were if they were making a, a show for kids, which they may may very well have been, I think it was just like taking advantage of Star Wars's popularity. They did a good job, but I can't imagine it holds up if I'd watch it now. No, it would not, and you know, like the the main star, what Gil Gerard or whatever his name was, yeah. did not have much personality or charisma. No. And well, you know what, he had the the early '80s, late '70s action star, not action star, TV action star look. Yeah, the like the dude from Vegas. Yeah. No, Robert York had a lot Rob, more charisma. That's Robert true. York, yeah. Yeah. I don't, but he had don't, the look. Uh, no, I, that's not the look. The the kind of the Bruce Jenner look is what I'm thinking of. So kind you're of thinking that. of original Battlestar Galactica. Um, oh, I was talking about Buck Rogers. No, I know, but like I'm thinking okay. of that look, uh, and I yeah, can't remember I, the character's I think, name. I think that works too with uh, with uh, the guy from uh, uh, what's his Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks. Yeah. Starbucks. yeah. Think, yeah, I think that would fit in the same category. I just think Robert York was was kind of a, a, 
a breed apart. I think he had his own look that was different. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was so much. As we said, there we. It's not like we had a lot of options. Um, nope. Not like so. I did watch just a lot of stuff I didn't really care for, like on a fairly regular basis. I mean, heart to heart. I remember. You know, I didn't. I never <laughs> cared about that. I didn't. I think that was something my like me my maybe my mom liked. Yeah. I watched it, but there was stuff that I don't think holds up, but I enjoyed it at the time, like um, Remington Steel. Never watched I was it. Obs- oh, it was so good for the first like season and a half and then it had the the like the romantic couple consummate the relationship and it went downhill from there it did a moonlighting which was another yep. show i really liked yeah on. i loved moonlighting it was very similar to moonlighting in in that way and it was it took until basically parks and rec for me to convince be convinced that that the will they or won't they could well cheers to it too and a, a show could do that and still work yeah so just had to have to uh, have good writing that's remington steel was kind of a do you did do you know what remington steel was about Private detective, right? So Wait, was uh, it Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan okay. uh, was the the face. The, the the actual private investigator was this woman, but she couldn't get any clients because no one would trust a woman as a private investigator. So Remington Steele was hired as the face of the of the organization. So when people came in, they had someone they could trust. But he was kind of bumbling. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, and the first it's almost co- like a get smart type thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and it was it was. The first season was pretty good, and then they, they brought the the woman from Everbubbles Raymond came on as a secretary, and it was just it, it got bad pretty quick. Another show I was obsessed with was Knight Rider. Yeah, see, all those dramas back then, I can't remember any that I really loved. I did watch Knight Rider, but I thought, yeah, no, no, I loved it, and then I think I I was told that William Daniels was I didn't know him from all the the millions of other things he did at the time, but I ins- insisted on staying up late one night so I could see what he, he what, what Kit looked like in St. Elsewhere. Oh yeah. St. Elsewhere, which is another one I watched and probably just didn't really get I, a lot of it. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I will mention, I don't think it, I think we've maybe talked about it before. I don't think it holds up, but it, well, it would be stupid to reboot it at this point, but um, something that I did enjoy was the greatest American hero because that's on my list. I loved that show. I think it would be worth rebooting. It was a, it was a fun idea. Yeah, and so it it had superhero element, mm-hmm. and it was a hour long basically drama, but there were a lot of comedic bits in it, which yes. was rare for that time. Most of the dramas were drama, straight up dramas. Um, yeah, no, I I definitely enjoyed that show, and it had. Uh, Oh my God! What's the dude's name? Robert Culp? Was that his name? Yep, from My Spy. Yeah, yeah. And just a guy who always had roles where he seemed perpetually angry. Yeah, he was really good at at that role that he played. William Cat. Everything. Yeah, yeah. You'd see in small parts here and there after that, but never, never as role as big as the Greatest American here. Did he play a teacher in it? His his alter ego. Oh my God! I can't remember, dude. All I remember his, is he would fly and he could he didn't know how to land and he would always fall was, and tumble. Yeah. It was such a frustrating show to watch, not because of anything about the making of the show, but as a kid I was just like, I wish he could figure things out. Yeah. So close to figuring out I wish he could but that reminds me of a show that I think is underrated and if 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 it were created today, I think it would have be a better show, but Quantum Leap. 
I thought was a very good show, a great idea of a, of a way to create a show where you can touch all these different eras and, and write engaging stories. And I think they did a good job when they were on. I just think it would have, would have been better like 20 years later. Yeah. I, and I was a little, I mean, I was pretty old, I think by the time that one came on, but I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's definitely a good idea. Another one that would be good. What the fuck happened to timeless? Speaking of, it, I thought that got picked up again, but it hasn't been uh, back on yet. Maybe it's one of those mid-season things they're going to bring it back. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the current version of Quantum Leap. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like, speaking of syndicated shows and kind of sci-fi, you can't not yeah, mention The Next Generation. Next. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think, does hold up. It has flaws, but they're funny flaws. And overall, I think the show is very, very good. There is a show uh, or a podcast called Treks and the City. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, with uh, one of the actors from um, uh, People of Earth, the the blonde woman who was in love with the uh, blonde alien. Oh, cool. She's one of the hosts, and they, they talk episode by episode about Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, so, that's fun. And they have guests. Paul Tompkins was on one episode, I believe. That is really cool. That's a good idea. Yeah, her and another woman. Uh, I don't remember the other woman's name or her name for that matter. Are they, yeah. Are they fans of the show? Yes. Yeah. They're they're both fans. So. Um, I mean, because you could, I'm sure there are things you can tear apart with from a modern standpoint. I'm sure there's some cheesiness to it, but it was a it was a good fucking show, and it was a good show, and it had like it had a heart. Yeah. And it was good science fiction. Yeah, I, 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 I would enjoy. I mean, I have no problem with someone tearing it apart, but it, I think it's good at, at its like its soul. I think it's a very good. I think it's better. We've talked about this before, but I think it's the best Star Trek that I've watched. It is the best Star Trek that I've seen, and much better than network dramas at the time. Yes, yeah, so, it was far superior. Um, yeah, and it was. But, I, I don't know how they got so much money. I mean, the special effects for TV were great for the time for a syndicated show. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, this, I mean, this is not related to this, but I've just thought of, well, first of all, let's, I had two obsessions in high school and early college of TV shows. One was Star Trek, the next generation, which I, I, I thought about like when I was sick, I used to think about, Oh, wouldn't it be great if there were tricorders and I could be healed without going through all this bullshit. And I would laugh and laugh and laugh at the Simpsons. So Star Trek, the next generation and the Simpsons were probably my, my two they both hold up in my two favorite shows when I was in high school. Yeah, and I was I was 19 when The Simpsons premiered, so I can't really count that for me. Well, yeah, but it's still back from back then. But oh, yeah, did you, you watched it though. Right? Oh yeah, I watched it from the very beginning. Um, I had seen them on the Tracy Ullman show, right? And it was my favorite part of that show. So, and, and was, I loved, I did love the Tracy Ullman show. The I was a little too young for it, so I don't know. Maybe I missed a lot of the jokes, but as a 13-year-old, it was one of my favorite things. I mean, I just loved what Fox was at the time. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it's weird because it was like a sketch show, but it was more subtle humor than mm-hmm. than something like Saturday Night Live or whatever, or the general sitcoms that were on at the time. Um, it was almost like an Albert Brooks-type comedy Mm-hmm. Um, much more, you know, deadpan and yeah, yeah, no, I enjoyed it as well. I, I think Fox, like, well, speaking of, let's let me say Fox's flagship show, Married with Children, in the beginning, was a brilliant show. It was a brilliant satire and parody, um, and of sitcoms, 
and the idea of the perfect family that had been on sitcoms since the 50s. They just like tore that apart. Um, it was legitimately funny until, as we talked about before, it kind of became, became a, a parody. Was parody yeah. Parodying. yeah. Um, but I think a, a great testament to Married with Children is how three of the stars went on to be like legitimately funny people and other things. Yes. Or good. funny, not just, not just funny, but, but like talented good actors. Act, actors. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, one of them had a uh, cameo on an episode of the X-Files. So <laughs> what can you do? Um, no, it was, I mean, it was pretty groundbreaking. It's hard. That whole era of Fox, like with married with children, the Simpsons, um, another drama that absolutely does not hold up and you shouldn't watch it, but I loved at the time was 21 Jump Street. Yep, yep. we tried to, and it was it doesn't hold up. But this, uh, speaking of Fox, I, I'm thinking of uh, I Loved in Living Color. Oh, I Loved in Living Color, too. That was a little bit after Fox had been a bit more established. Right. Because I think that was I early 90s, right? I think that's 90s, like the second right? wave, yeah. It's the yeah. Second, it's, when it, it's another like brick on their foundation to become a legitimate network. Now, I mean, you don't think of of Fox as anything but one of the, one of the networks now. It's just, it's just a thing. But at the time it really was a, a brand new weird thing that people weren't sure it was going to work. No, I mean, and a lot of markets like didn't even carry it originally. They didn't broadcast it. Um, but I mean, you look at the, I mean, the Simpsons is still on and that was one of the, I mean, it, it came a few years after, but that was one of the things that really put it on the map. Oh yeah. I mean, cause Simpsons was 89 and I don't know when Fox first started broadcasting. I want to say 86. 86 or 87. That's, that's yeah. feels right to me. Yeah. Um, so it was still, or I, I consider that first wave Fox programming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, of course we get into get a life, but that's a later era for me. So. Well, no, no. Get a, get a life is, is one of the first shows on no, there. Wasn't it's it? first wave, but I, I mean, I would consider it first wave, but I was like 20 at that time. So, so oh, okay. It's, yeah. I don't really consider it my youth, although really at at this point in my life, twenty, I was a youth. So <laughs> a youth, but not, <laughs> but not a teen. Uh, oh, I didn't realize it. So I thought Get Life came before The Simpsons, but it's a year after. Yeah, yeah. The next, the next season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we well, can't forget the Cosby Show. Well, let's. Yeah, let's. I didn't even care for it that much at the time, to be honest. Um, another crush though, uh, Lisa Bonet. I thought she was. Uh, quite enchanting. Um, I, I liked Adam Sandler on it. Was he on? I don't even remember. Briefly. He was a friend. Did yeah. he play a hoagie? That's all I remember about that show. Um, but I think we can't... So from our youth, there's one show, I think, more than any that spoke to kind of your and my mindset and comedy, and it was a late-night show. It was also groundbreaking. Um, oh yeah. After yeah. Carson, which obviously was David Letterman, and I don't think people like now it younger people who grew up with him on CBS or whatever don't realize how fucking insane his show was when it it was like nothing on network TV when he came. It out. was in, in total insanity. Yeah, I mean the throwing watermelons off the roof is what is I think one of my first memories of the show. It was just yeah, it was so great. I remember. And so, punk rock yes it was very punk rock he had andy kaufman on a lot i remember i mean that's kind of how i'd known him from taxi oh another great yeah actually legitimately good sitcom from yes from yes. our youth um but i remember which i think is is too forgotten because it, it doesn't get shown in reruns nearly enough and 
like it's another show where the actors went on to do other great things yeah or or okay things but it's it's one that holds up and if they showed it on any channel people would laugh at it i mean the the jim taking the driver's test is one of the classic sitcom moments of all time yes. yeah um, but it was just generally funny and good anyway um but mm. yeah i remember letterman would have have andy kaufman on doing his more surreal shit which is where i first saw that and i just re- like even as a a younger kid uh thinking about letterman's show and his style of humor i was like this is this is what i get like th- carson is fine but he was very old school he was you know he was an old-fashioned comic and i feel like this right. was like a new wave even more so than Saturday Night Live, which I also watched, um, David Letterman was like super cutting edge. Like you watch Larry Bud Melman on there, or yes, or so. It's so fucking weird, man. I th- I feel like when yeah, everybody watched Saturday Night Live. Not everyone watched Letterman. No, like as, as in school because you're it was just the the insomniacs that could watch Letterman. And, and right. The, but it was also not only that, but it was a distinct sense of humor. So if you had a friend who liked that you know they're a good friend because you'd be laughing at the same stuff. And yeah. it's my claim to fame. I had a letter on Letterman. Yes, you did. Um, thinking of another uh, another show with a classic scene, and I'm WKRP in Cincinnati. And oh, it's God, Thanksgiving. yes. It's near Thanksgiving, so there's the I truly believe turkeys could fly, but that's not what I think of when I – I mean, that is a classic scene. That is something I think of. But what I think of is the episode where Johnny Fever – Drinks drinks on the on the radio and, and Venus and Venus flytrap gets so drunk it's it is classic. Yes, the, I mean that show that was another one because I I don't know what year that came out I want to say like seventy eight or something maybe exactly so seventy eight to eighty two it ran I was young but it was funny as shit it was um, I mean and then it would for some I think because it was so critically acclaimed it didn't hit the 5 year mark but it was still in syndication forever like as and, and like the you know in reruns yes. even though there there wasn't that magic number they always talk about yeah the 100 this episodes was, or whatever yeah right this was a show that was I guess it was so good that they didn't mind it and they showed it all the time but I, that's cuz that's really how I watched it over the years in in reruns and I mean that was definitely as far as sitcom well I can't really say it was one of the first because you did have, uh, you had Mary Tyler Moore, you had Bob Newhart, you had, um, well, so, one of the, and you had Barney first... Miller, but like character driven comedies, like those right. were more than, more than just dumb, wacky situations that, which there were on all of those, but like right. the, the comedy came from the characters and even like the more boring ones like Bailey and, uh, Andy were still, good like they they had their place within the mix on the show obviously like johnny fever stood out herb tarlick stood out les nesman stood out mr carlson venus but like everybody on that show had had their role to fill and they did it Mm -hmm. and i think the they were there were some like over the top characters like herb tarlick and les nesman were a little bit over the top but it was never too far no and and much like parks and rec with did with jerry eventually they humanized their weird characters. They did like there was an episode where Les Nesman was accused of, of being gay while being a sports reporter, and it was just it was just a humanizing moment. Yeah, and there were even humanizing moments for Herb, who was the biggest dick right. on the show for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, with his his wife, and yeah, it was a very a very good show. Yeah. Oh man, there were some really good shows. Although most of the show those shows were started in the seventies, I have to say. Um, there was a couple. I mean, we got The Simpsons in there. That was a good show. Yeah. 
I, I, I do wonder if Kate and Allie holds up. I love does. Kate and Allie. Had a crush on both the daughters. Um, and it's a it's a weird show when you think about it. The it's great cast. I mean, Jane Curtin's amazing. It's just a it's just a weird setup for this show. But it was it, I think it was single mothers living together in and, bring, and raising their family raising together. Their kids, yeah. Um, oh, speaking of like, okay, so this is one I didn't get at the time, but I've seen recently in reruns occasionally, and it was pretty fucking good. Uh, Cagney and Lacey. Also, fairly groundbreaking in that sense, like two women detectives. Um, and it talked about their family a little bit, and they had very distinct family lives. Yes, and the episode I saw uh, recently, one of them was uh, about whether, uh, I think it was Lacey, should have an abortion, and I think they decided to do it. You know, just the, the kind of thing where you're like, oh, shit, I don't yeah. remember that they were doing that in the 80s. But <laughs> I remember that show at the time being too too serious for me yes same like, here there was no comic relief and i needed that comic relief yeah but it, you should uh, give it a rewatch what's that uh just thinking of another show that i watched <laughs> there's there's a bionic man or no, it wasn't called the six bionic million man, dollar no. man six million dollar man i watched in reruns and then his second show the fall guy which Ugh. i didn't think was good at the time but i enjoyed watching it no never watched i watched like an episode <laughs> of the fall guy and i was like nope and of course, there's L.A. Law, which I was absolutely obsessed with. Oh, I watch L.A. Law all the fucking time. Yeah, it had the it had that little that one link in common with Star Trek: The Next Generation. Although in in L.A. Law, her end was a little bit different. Oh, and sometimes in so You're in about the uh, elevator episode, Mulgrave. I forget the actress's Kate name, Mulgrave. but she for once the sec. The, is that her actress's? I don't know. Her I character's no name. I don't even know what character but, uh, you're talking about. For what? For one season of Star Trek: The Next Generation, she replaced Gates McFadden as the Doctor, and she was she might have been one of the weakest characters on Star Trek: The Next Generation because she was obsessed with hating Data, and hey, she never what? learned. I or she barely shit. ever. Holy shit! I don't remember that at all. I don't remember Gates McFadden being off the show. I remember yeah, Tasha just, Yar just the one season killed of, off. And apparently, it was a sexist producer that forced her off. But whatever. She was also in L.A. Law playing Leland, I think the the head, huh? the head of the law firm, the, the the old guy that was head of the law firm. Do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Leland, it was Leland. Yeah. So she played his love interest for a season, and, and she was also a lawyer, and she was like taking over the firm. She was doing all this stuff to take over the firm until when <laughs> an episode where she's waiting for a um, an elevator, an elevator. Yeah. And the elevator never shows up, so she walks into an empty shaft and dies. Yep. The most famous episode of L.A. Law. Harry Hamlin. Oh, you do remember. What? Yeah. I thought you didn't remember that. I didn't remember the actress. Uh, But refresh my memory. Diana Moldair was her name. Was Susan Day of the Partridge family on L.A. Law? Why do I think she was? She was Harry She was. She was Harry Hamlin's love interest. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I... uh, yeah, L.A. Law, man. It wasn't all bad. I don't yeah, know. Jimmy Smiths. Jimmy Smiths. I, I don't think it was all bad. I think it was an interesting show, and no, I mean was, the whole area was all bad. Yeah, it was very. Oh, no, so, it no. was a soap opera for sure, but it wasn't. It wasn't Dynasty and Dallas level soap opera. And now for a show that I don't think holds up, but got really critically acclaimed at the time, Murphy Brown. No, I didn't like it at the time, and I doubt no, I would okay. anymore now. Um, that and design. Oh, women. do you want? To, you know, uh, they were designing like designing women. I liked. 
Well, I feel like even though I agreed with the politics, it was like so polemical. They're just always giving these speeches, these about so liberal let's, causes, let's, which annoyed me. But yeah, let, let's do one thing before we take a break. What is your favorite era of Saturday Night Live? What what cast is your favorite cast? <sighs> I feel like. The cast for me, and it's probably because I was like 12 or 13, which is, I think, the prime age for it, was uh, Eddie Murphy, Joe Piscopo, uh, Tim Kazerinsky, those those people. And I mean, mainly Eddie Murphy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe John Lovitz, Phil Hartman, I think, was on then. Um, anyway. No, no, no. Was, it, was Phil Hartman on that, that I early? I know. thought he came I feel like, like the he, next... Maybe. Yeah, he was probably 85 you're right. Um, I don't think he was ever on the same season as, as Eddie Murphy. As, yeah, you might be right. Um, uh, I remember laughing the hardest at Eddie Murphy, but I also did like like the Mike Myers, Phil Hartman era. I think it's a dumb question now that I ask it because when I think about it, I I remember liking the Mike Myers era. That was like that was probably the prime time for my like my Saturday Night Live. Yeah, because I was in high school and I always think. But even when I was watching, I always thought, oh, I wish I was a kid when they had the, the original cast, because that's my favorite cast. They're the best cast. Um, it's all, yeah. you know, none of it is as and great it wasn't as we just, remember. But. No, but you know what is as great is Mr. Bill, and that's what I was obsessed with oh, yeah, throughout Mr. For my sure. I love Mr. Bill. As a little kid, because I, I think I was allowed to stay up once to watch it, and Mr. Bill was on, and I was like, this is the best thing ever. And I had like this record, Mr. Bill record album that came with a with a little like book, a picture book. And I had, yeah, it, dude. I, I love Mr. I, Bill. I fucking had that. Did you? It was like, was that awesome? Book, right. Like a book of, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I totally love that, man. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think it, it was, it's kind of absurd and the Mr. Bill stuff just kind of absurd and stupid and it holds up. Cause it's just the same thing over and over. I mean, it's basically anyway, Wiley Coyote, right? So yeah, but yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's take a break. This has been a long segment. So uh, we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. All right, so current, where which we are saying maybe past ten years or so. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. Which lets out get a life, which we've talked about ad nauseum anyway. But um, so I know I'm trying to think. It's been, I mean. Well, now we're getting into stuff like The Sopranos and The Wire and and all these great dramas, um, The Shield. The Golden Age. Yeah, we're in the Golden Age now. And and also of comedy, although I do want, always, as always, I want to put in a word for uh, news radio, which I think was kind of a bridge show between the old mm-hmm. and the new. Um, but anyway, yeah, of, of course, uh, 
I think the the comedy show to me that was revolutionary in this period was Arrested Development. Yes, yes, that came, and it was just it was something because The Simpsons was always have with The Simpsons they were always putting something on after The Simpsons that would just go away. Yeah, and that was something that was so good, and it. It it has it never got the audience, but it had a huge following the entire time it was on. It had a very dedicated following, dedicated but small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. Well, huge is the wrong word. I, I yeah, dedicated is is what I should have said. Yeah. Rabid. It, 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 I was just kind of contradicting myself. Yeah, it had a yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, I this kind of ticks me off when like this whole sexual assault stuff happened with people from like these tv shows and somebody put the the golden age of tv has been besmirched by but no i mean uh, amy poehler didn't sexually assault anybody abby abby jacobson elena gate these shows are there's plenty of people who aren't you know i don't even know who the hell they're referencing other than louis they were referencing louis and spacey oh yeah well fuck them i mean I don't know that I would put either of their shows top tier anyway. Definitely not Kevin Spacey's, um, which just got to be a drag. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, they are what they are, but but they were not Arrested Development, which was the first, like, actually new-feeling sitcom since, like, Seinfeld or The Simpsons to me. Yeah, and it all... I think like you talk about bridges, I think this was a bridge show because it was very similar to the Simpsons in a way. And I, it was, and it was also similar to other shows from before, but it was his own thing. And I think shows after it kind of not copied it, but are doing the same thing. And it's easier to do what they did in the, how, how much attention they, they paid to everything where there are these backwards jokes they did. Like they, they would set up a punchline and the payoff wouldn't happen for two years. Yeah. Yeah. insane it's insane that they did that and it's awesome i can't even i mean not just not just no go ahead like they would do stuff like other shows would never even do like a joke in the beginning of the episode that wouldn't pay off until the end of the episode right but they would do that but they would also do beginning of the season end of the season beginning of the first season end of the third season it's just awesome yeah it's it's like the opposite of Chekhov's gun i can't even imagine like (laughs) the the charts that they would have, have had to have made yeah, for this fucking show. show. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, it must have been so complex. People were probably just lost. Um, right. But yeah, like Anyang is the perfect example of that. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just amazing when you watch it through to the end and you see how planned out it all was from the beginning. Like, And who knows if it was all planned out, yep. but they made it tie in. So... Yeah, I think that was... You're right. It is like a Seinfeld oh, type thing where to, it just changed everything. But go ahead. I hate to bring up a downer, but Jeffrey Tampor was accused of stuff, and that sucks. Oh, no. Was he? Yeah. <sighs> they're his assistant in the show and one of the actresses that uh, that appeared on like as a guest star. And he just did disgusting, creepy things to them, so it's gross. Uh, but nobody's saying stuff about Jason Bateman, so hopefully he keeps up <laughs> yeah that. he comes out unscathed jesus um and this was uh, just a uh jason bateman's first like 
attempt at, at being on television since he was a kid. Yeah. That I can yeah. think of, right? Yeah, because Valerie's family and it was, was the last thing I remember him in. Right, yeah. So it was like he was an older he was older when that show ended, but it was still it was still a, a entirely different thing he was doing. And yeah. this really brought him into the forefront of that kind of like like those Will Ferrell comedies that brought him to those things. Like he was in the uh, dodgeball and he had a, just a cameo, but he's able to get into that stuff. And then now he's doing more dramas and stuff, but that's neat. Cause he is a talented person he's and a really good like actor, a nice yeah. guy. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know that about Jeffrey Tambor. That's too bad. Um, but, but speaking of Jeffrey Tambor, I do want to also mention again, the nineties was a pretty interesting bridge decade for this kind of stuff. Because as we talked about before, the Larry Sanders show, is something that you see imitated a lot now. Um, Get a Life, as we mentioned, imitated, like, basically Adult Swim took its cue from that and ran with it. Right. Um, there were there were some interesting shows in the 90s that, that acted as a bridge to, like, the Golden Age, I guess, from the, I don't know what you call the, mm-hmm. uh, the shit age of the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> if we, as we said, there was some good stuff in the 80s. Yeah, there was, there was. Um but yeah, I think Arrested Development would be my top. Oh, and speaking of speaking of bridge shows, um, Homicide: Life on the Streets oh, was a definite. Oh my that, god! That yeah. got, Barry Levinson was a good entry point for David Simon to come in to to learn what TV writing was all about, and then like hone his craft for for the wire. For, yeah, um, the wire. No, definitely Homicide: Have Life you on watched the Street. The Deuce? Uh, I watched the first two episodes. I need to catch up and stream it more. I haven't watched. Is, is that also David Simon, or is that other people from The Wire? No, it's David Simon, and it's uh, is it okay? Actors from The Wire for sure. He always tries to use some people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, Homicide: Life on the Street, the perfect drama. I mean that that was basically the precursor to all these Golden Age dramas that we talk about now. Oh, and I can't believe I didn't talk about this in the first half of the show, but allow me to to say that I was also obsessed with law and order prime when i was in high school i loved that show so much yeah law and order was was the shit i mean the the chris noth um oh, what was the yeah, other year? Paul chris, what no, no george DeZunda. those years like the first couple of years where that mccoy wasn't even on the show yet i was just I, I i remember making french bread pizzas and watching that show every week with my mom it was like a it was an appointment <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's one that that definitely was a bridge show. Although you know, like maybe not for the better, because it it kind of spawned a lot of really lesser shows on network. But it was great for what it was. Yeah. Um, what I think, yeah, what it was, what it, it did a good job. But yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I, wait, I shit. I had another another one. Well, I think I think we both agree. Michael Schur is another of the top comedy yes. voices of this, yeah, I, this era. So he started, as far as I know, he started on the office. Yes. He was, a, he was a writer. I don't know if he ever was the, like, I don't think he ever ran the show, but he was, he was a writer for a few seasons on the office. And then he and the, the creator of the U S office went on and, and created parks and rec together. And parks and rec is, I mean, I know he's done other things since then. I maybe they're better, but I don't think, in my heart, anything will ever surpass Parks and Recreation. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. After a slow start, where I agree that I can see why people didn't like that. I liked it from the the moment it started, but the second season and on once really once Adam Scott and Rob Lowe got on that show, there's there's not much 
better you can do in situation comedies. It's no. just so so. I think what he does so well is he has he has the ability to have like characters who insult each other but have a heart at the same time. Yeah. No, totally. And and I mean, maybe the most, except for the first season, which was only six episodes, uh, the most consistently good sitcom that I can think of. I mean, I guess, because even Seinfeld, like early episodes, not great. Simpsons, definitely inconsistent. Um, Parks and Rec mm-hmm. got good, and it, and it stayed good and got even better. Unlike even The Office. You know, The Office kind of hit a... Yeah. Had- it dipped a bit. Right. I, yeah, I don't think Parks and Rec ever dipped. And I th- would say Arrested Development, but I don't think Arrested Development lasted as long as Parks and Rec. And no. the last season of Arrested Development is, is I liked it, but it, it's not the same show. It's a different... Are you talking about the Netflix they had to, season? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it no, it's not to, the same show. Yeah. They had to, no. Yeah, no. Uh, um, Michael Schur is also obviously Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place probably the two best right. network there's, comedies on TV right now. If not the only I, yeah, two There's good no way I can disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 nothing is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we should talk a little bit about, I think I haven't watched it all, but there's a lot of good animation on right now. Like, it's made for kids, but it's good for adults. Things like Adventure Time. Adventure Time, for sure. Um, there's a, there's a couple other shows that are like Adventure Time that I haven't watched, but I've heard good things about. I think they're just they're allowing the creators to do fun things. I think it kind of speaking of bridge shows, Ren and Stimpy kind of is the mold, and yes. they've broken that mold and made it better than Ren and Stimpy was. Like Ren and Stimpy is more for adults than for kids, but kids would watch it because it was a cartoon. But the the guys like the guys and women who do Adventure Time kind of have kind of the same irreverent sense of humor and the same desire to do fun animation but they're not they're not doing as much gross out stuff and they're right. actually trying, trying to create a world and yeah adventure time is great and i think there's other stuff like that out there i think yeah i think adventure time for me is definitely i can see the ren and stimpy thing but well ren and stimpy also was kind of um but not as much as adventure time in the mold of the old warner brothers cartoons where like both kids mm-hmm. and adults can enjoy it or the muppet show even you oh, know like a, a a better bridge speaking of nineties cartoons to run to, to adventure time would be Animaniacs, which I, yeah, I was too old. Animaniacs never watched. I was too old too, but I loved it anyway. And that's one, I think that's one of the best cartoons ever made. And they're talking about rebooting and I hope they do. It just had, had this distinctly both adult and kid sense of humor sometimes at the same time. Well, it was a Warner brothers property, right? I mean, wasn't their right. idea yeah, to try to were... kind of recreate that feeling of the old Warner Brothers thing? Or, you know, the, not the feeling, but they... the the comedic style. I think they tried to do that with Tiny Toon Adventures, which is from some of the same people. And I think Animaniacs was kind of like the second step where we're going to do our own thing with a little bit of the same style. Okay, gotcha. Did Animaniacs have some yeah, good... who talk like Ringo Starr on it? Yeah, okay. Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Dot. That was Wacko. Okay. Yeah, there, I, oh, you know, and I forgot. Um, going back to the '80s, uh, but and I was okay. So I was what 15, I guess, at the time. Um, and uh, after school, my high school girlfriend and I would go home, or go to her house and watch TV and like 
Nickelodeon was, I don't know if Nickelodeon was a new channel. It was a new channel where we lived. And they would show Danger Mouse, which was this cartoon, a British cartoon, uh-huh. that for some reason we both really enjoyed. It was so different from all the cartoons that were on at the time, which were, you know, like He-Man or whatever. Um, it had that right. British humor. And Anyway, uh, for, I had meant to mention that in the 80s. So, uh, But yeah, for now, um, I, I think... I think it's... it's uh, it... Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say... For network stuff, um, because there's not there's not as much network stuff as, as cable stuff that I think qualifies for Golden Age TV. And I don't think this one necessarily yeah. qualifies that I'm going to bring up, but it was kind of a game changer was lost, um, which mm-hmm. which was another one that, you know, kind of went off the rails and and maybe jumped the shark or whatever term you want to use. But um, it was something new for network. It was experimental and... Um, I, I think it a lot of things tried to follow that model after that came out. And it was really good for the mm-hmm. first few seasons, too. Really enjoyable. And I I think much like Arrested Development, Lost, I think, took advantage of the fact that people were watching shows and time-shifting them so they could rewind when they missed something. Yeah. And it was easy, easier to make a show like Lost and, and Arrested Development at a, <clears throat> excuse me, a time like this because it was more likely that people would be able to watch every single episode. Yeah. And I think in the past you couldn't watch make serial shows like that because it was too likely that people would miss an episode and it would be hard to, Oh yeah. To you, really un- explain it. You miss an episode of rest development and you're fucked basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Um, but I guess, I don't know if you have any more network stuff, but there's a lot of cable stuff. Um, yeah, there's, well, personal interest, if we want to stay on network for one thing and personal interest is, probably the best network sci-fi show of the 2000s okay i will Excuse watch me. it man um it's good okay i'll trust you He's same guy who brought us the west world the west world i haven't seen that one i've seen west world the west world the west world uh but cable has been a i mean this is like the era of great cable shows obviously the wire cable and stream and streaming, yeah. I, well, streaming not as much as cable, I don't think. But you know, HBO with their dramas has always been consistent. Not as consistent with their comedies, although obviously Veep and Curb Your Enthusiasm are up there at the top, near the top. Um, but you know, The Wire, The Sopranos, that was that was the big one-two punch. And they've done Westworld. They did Deadwood, another great one, um, and Comedy Central. Pretty Little Lies? Is that what, what was the show from the show? Yeah, all the awards, what was it called? Yeah, Pretty Little Liars, maybe? I can't remember the exact... But that That's was a different a, show. Yeah, that was a... like. Pretty a Little Liars series. was a CW show. Okay. No, no, Pretty Little Liars was a CW show. What was the... What the yeah, heck was that with... Uh, and Adam Scott. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah, know. I forgot Adam Scott was... It doesn't matter. I gotta type it. I gotta know. But but I got a big little lies. Big little lies. That was a limited series or a you know a mini series really. Um, I don't. Well, they're know talking they're... about bringing it back for a second season. Oh, I mean they could. That would be nice. They're also talking about a but anyway, movie yeah. still. But but yeah, but um, but like Comedy Central really also uh, made itself yeah. a force in the two th- in you know in the probably more than the past ten years at least with the Daily Show, but um. But especially right, but now I, with Broad City and like Nathan for You, which yeah. I still haven't seen, but people love, and 
you know, Key and Peele, oh my God, Chappelle the, show, all that. It's, uh, uh, Nathan for you has an absolutely amazing finale of probably of the series. I don't know if they're going to bring it back, but it, of definitely of the season. It's just, it's just, it's, it's more than a comedy. It's like, it's a, it's a piece of work that's very good. It's, it's and hard to explain. It's just I, very good. I saw that there's a two sh- hour, two hour episode. Yeah, I saw, saw they were showing that episode for free online, and I was like, well, but do I need to know the backstory of this to watch it, or can I just no, they, watch this? They explain it, but I think it helps out the, the, to to know what the show's about before you get there because you kind of know how they got there basically because it it's it's like he's changed how the show works over the years just because it gets boring if he's doing the same thing over and over but it's it's such a there's not many episodes and it's such a funny show i think you should watch it it's i can recommend it highly okay um and another comedy central show that i quite enjoy that i can't remember the name of but it's andy daly's show did you ever watch any of that yeah yeah uh not serial what the heck was it yeah, what the review fuck? Review. Is that what you're talking yes, about? yes. Review. Yeah. Um, the review, and that had a, a a very fun arc that was not expected, and it was because re- they could have just done what they did without having the 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 main character go through the travels that put him through, but it made the show so much funnier. And Andy Daly is so perfect because he looks like your dorky high school biology yep. teacher, but he, <laughs> but the humor is so dark. It's like such a nice contrast. Um. And uh, a show that I don't think you've seen yet, but you really anybody who has a chance to watch it, uh, the Detroiters. It yes, has um, the guy that. from Veep. I forget his name. Very funny show. Not many episodes. Just just kind of off the wall and funny. I can't wait till they bring it back to see what they do for a second season. Sam Richardson's the guy's name. That's the guy from Veep. Wait, who does he play on Veep? Sam Richardson. Oh, I wait. I know who he is. Yeah. Um, he's the assistant that takes everything very literally, and he's probably the sweetest character that's been on television in a long time. He's so, <laughs> so sweet when like he's talking to uh, what's the guy with the big tall guy? I forget his character's name, but he's Jonah? just like he's always all in. Jonah, yeah, yeah, he's always all in. He's like Jonah's best friend, and Jonah treats him like crap, but he's always he's he's a very very sweet, interesting, hilarious character. Yeah, he was at the Veep uh, thing that I went to for Sketchfest. Um, yeah, he was. Cool. Yeah, you gave, you put that list of Sketchfest for next year, and that is it's absolutely incredible how much really fun, cool content is there. Yeah, we it's awesome. We're going to see with special guest Lauren Lapkus. So far, that's the only thing we've got. Um, the Twin Peaks. Do they have a uh, who? No, they don't tell you who the guest is. They... Okay, that's that's going to be really. It would be great. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is because she is so wonderful. I, I would love for Wild Horses. To, there's a Wild Horses thing there, there too. Is, you, yeah. can see, you should see how much tickets are. Because yeah, that one might be worth going to as well. I, I, when I was in Los Angeles with you, I really wanted to get tickets, but it was like almost immediately sold out. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, well, speaking of comedy, uh, Broad City. I wish that toured. Yes. Broad yeah, and City, I, of I course. don't think I talked about it on, the, on the podcast, but I saw Alana Glazer and Phoebe Robinson. Oh, you? yeah, um, I didn't. I haven't talked to you since you went. How was well, it? Oh, I hadn't done it yet. That's right. So Sunday night, I saw Maria Bamford, who of the three was probably the funniest. He is. And it, do you, have you seen any of her, her work? I've seen, like I Lady saw Dynamite. her at a sketch fest show, um, but it wasn't stand up. It was like a, a panel thing. Uh, and I have seen one episode of Lady Dynamite, but that's it. 
she is an incredibly funny performer. She has this kind of a weird voice and she's able to, at like the drop of a dime, put on like a, a normal voice. And it's just so funny. So she was great. And that was Sunday night. And then Monday night I went to the Phoebe Robinson, Alana Glazer show. And that was absolutely amazing. It was the energy in the crowd was awesome. It was a, a full house, mostly women, of course. And, and it was just so funny. And just, there was a lot of like, specific to women humor but it was it's alana glazer she's she's writing it and it's it's funny to everyone in the house it's like it doesn't matter if she's talking about menstruation she's just such a funny person she could just make it funny for everybody yeah so it was incredibly great it was awesome i her thing i don't know if you saw it like on all these uh harassment scandals she was like oh yeah we we had some a couple people who tried to harass me they got fired i fired them i was like that is a good wasn't even Harassment it wasn't story. even her. The, the story wasn't that I read. Wasn't they harassed her? They harassed somebody else. Somebody on this on the set. Yeah, yeah. About, like, not I don't even think it was an actress. It was just like another worker, right? That was behind the scenes, and she's like, "Fuck that, you're out of here." And that, and they actually mentioned that when uh, when Phoebe Robinson introduced her, she's like, "And, and fired assholes." So it was, it was fun. <laughs> But it, what was really interesting is you think of her and you think of her character and it's hard to differentiate when you've only seen her. Like I haven't seen any of her movies. I haven't seen many of her interviews. So I wasn't sure what to expect as part of her stand-up. But obviously she's not playing a, uh, the, the character from Broad City in the stand-up. She's, she's talking about her own life and it's so different. But it's so funny in its own way. It's really – it's very cool to see her. And I, I can't wait to see what – I mean, I love Broad City. I want it to last a long time, but I really can't wait to see what comes next. Yeah, well, and hopefully um, she and Abby Jacobson keep working together because they're like magic. Like they don't even have to be on camera together necessarily, but, you know, um, right. I, I love their dynamic. And just the way they understand each other so well, I think they can work in humor together forever, and it'll it'll always work no matter what the dynamic Yeah, but dynamic I would like relationship to see is them go in different directions and see what they end up with like not working together all the time no for sure but they're i i don't see that they're not going to be a partnership for life in some ways you know what i mean right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no for sure well i think they already have i think alana was in some comedy movie recently that didn't get good reviews i can't remember the name of it but um well no i i i that's that was a it just was using the whole let's make a let's make fun of a dead stripper trope and that isn't funny in men's comedies i don't think it's funny in women's comedies either no, it's yeah. kind of offensive but no there i mean that, that's probably that might be my top just for pure like laugh out loud value broad cities maybe my top comedy right now on the broad, air broad city or it, it's oh it's always sunny isn't on the air so yeah broad city's up uh no, I I'd probably say Brooklyn Nine Nine, but it's it's pretty close between the two. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's always sunny. Another one, um, obviously from the Seinfeld template, but you know they took it a little farther. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, they they took it a a little further, and it's I don't know how it's different, but it's 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 more relatable somehow. Yeah. No. Well, it is because yeah. they're all just normal schlubs like you and me they're not i guess i guess that's what like, it is yeah on the upper east side yeah appearing on the tonight show and shit um yeah that's true uh what was i gonna say but i we'd be remiss also if we didn't mention uh some tbs shows because 
TBS, the network that used to show reruns of horrible shit like Yes, Dear all the time, that was their comedy block, now have some original programming that's that's up there with well, anything on network and a lot of cable channels. What were you going to say? Oh, right. I'm sorry. I was going to correct you, but go ahead. Well, I mean, Playing House, uh, People of Earth. That's it. I think Playing House was on another network. No, it's TBS, dude. Oh, was was no, it Playing USA? House, Playing House was on USA. USA. Yeah, USA, and then I, after they canceled Playing House, it's it's been canceled. I don't think there's any more comedy shows on USA, which is unfortunate because Playing House. And I think there was another one that was pretty good. Oh, it was the. It wasn't great, but it was the um, the one with Rashida Rashida Jones, where it was the kind of a Naked Gun kind of thing oh, yeah. with a cop show. Yeah, the Steve Carell. Produced, but yeah, Playing yeah. House, but. Uh, didn't TBS? What, so uh, people were. But what's Earth. the search party? Search party. Search party. Yeah. Was the other good TBS show? Yeah. Um. Damn USA. I don't know why I thought it was TBS. Probably because I don't think of USA as having uh, original comedic programming. But... Oh, and the Detour. I love the Detour. And the that Detour. Was on yeah. TBS as well. I haven't watched uh, the Guest Book, which is a new TBS show that looked like it might be pretty funny, and I haven't watched Wrecked, which looks like it might be okay. I have not watched I Love You, America, Sarah Silverman's show on Hulu yet, but I've heard good things, so I kind of want to check that out. Yeah, she. I haven't watched it either, but I heard that she had a pretty good response to the Louis C.K. situation. Oh, good. Yeah, I'd like to watch that. Because um, she was friends with Louis, I know that. I mean, she was on his show, and, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, I mean, it's a great time for TV, and streaming I don't... yeah we haven't even scratched the surface i mean there's stuff like uh the like bbc stuff like sherlock which is awesome and yes. and streaming like Str- stranger things i think is is I, I don't know if it's the best original content from streaming but it's it's up there well i think the handmaid's tale is good uh was really yeah good. but that um, no i'm talking about like handmaid's tale is very good as an ad- adaptation, adaptation of something yeah. else and like Daredevil is very good as an adaptation, but I, I'm just saying like original content. I think Stranger Things is is up there. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fine. Stranger Things. I've watched both seasons. It's it's not necessarily my kind of thing, but I get why people like it. Um, although I I don't know. Let's not even go into it. I don't I don't want to get into a whole nostalgia rant. But um, but yeah, there. <laughs> I that's the thing about Stranger Things. I don't think it's just about the nostalgia. I think that's why kids like it a lot. I don't. I don't think kids would like it as much as they do if it was just about nostalgia. Yeah, possibly. Although, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, speaking of nostalgia, I just saw. No, uh, there's no possible. Yeah, possibly. Speaking of nostalgia, <laughs> why I just, would kids like a show for nostalgia's sake when they weren't even alive during the era? I don't know. Why are these millennials obsessed with the '80s when they weren't around? I, I don't fucking know, dude. But they are. Um, I don't think they're. But in talking about millennials, I'm talking about small children. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know about small left. children. Well, you know, maybe they watch a bunch of uh, gremlins and shit because their parents made them, you know, when they were growing up. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but speaking of nostalgia, I just saw uh, Thor Ragnarok today. Very 80s soundtrack to that movie. Did you notice that when you were watching it? It felt like Flash Gordon. Yeah, Flash Gordon. Sound Exactly. That's exactly what I thought when I was watching it, it which was an odd choice. Uh, anyway. Um, thumbs up, it. thumbs down. Enjoyed it, yes. For yep. a, for a superhero movie, you, uh, maybe the you, best did, that I've did seen. Did you find the like the story 
like that they didn't follow the format of so many other superhero movies enjoyable, or did you think it was pretty much the same format? I mean, I kind of thought it was the same formula. You know, I, I knew like oh, it, it was so different. There were there were definitely beats that happened where I was like, all right, yeah, this is this this is when this is going to happen. But I enjoyed it. Well, yeah, despite but... that, yeah. I think there's there's parts of it that were unexpected as well. So anyway, um, yeah, I know. I'm trying to think. And of, if you say you expected them, you're a liar. I'm trying to think of other streaming shows, and I I am like blanking right now, even though I've watched like a ton of them. Although I will say, oh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, I love yes, with my heart. Yes, Unbreakable. That's, I mean, Kimmy I love great. Thirty Rock and. Uh, this is close to 30 rocks. So I think Tina Fey has two great shows one streaming one night. I don't, I wouldn't say the, the show she has on now is, is, is up to the snuff of these two. No, good news is very, it's almost like somebody impersonating Tina Fey when I watch it. And maybe it's the acting. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's not, it's not the greatest, but, uh, well, sh- something like Shit's uh, Creek too, as well, which is very enjoyable. I don't know if you've watched, you have watched it, right? Yeah, it's good. I think Eugene Levy's son is like brilliant on that show. <laughs> yes, he's. And another show is Chris Elliott. Yeah, and yes, Chris Elliott, perennial, all the way from David Letterman to now. Uh, <laughs> Always anyway. involved in interesting things. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a great time to be watching TV now. Like. Justified, another great show. Oh yes, you did love just FX. FX has done a great job since the Shield, which yep. I, I think was their breakout. They've done a lot of really interesting shit as well. Um, did you ever I've heard watch great things about Better Things? Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever watch Atlanta? And no, I, I watched the first uh, the first episode, and I loved the first episode. I have to continue watching it because I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's in that vein the whole the whole show. So. You're the Worst is supposed to be a good show as well. I might have to check that out. Yes, I have a friend who is an agent who reps some of those people. Um, so uh, I, I doubt she's listening. I watched the first episode and didn't love it. But, you know, that that's always tough. Um, have you gone back to Bojack yeah. Horseman? Oh. Yeah, I, I watched most of the first season, and I, I like it more. It okay. kind of grew on me. I, I don't like it as much as other people, but I really I do like it. Has it has so, such a great cast? It's hard, yeah, not to like anything with Paula Tompkins. Uh, I'm in, so yeah, and Amy Sedaris. Anything with Amy Sedaris, but just uh, before we go, I just Orphan Black was great. Oh, Orphan Black, of course. I haven't finished it. But... No, me either. But Tatiana Maslany is reason enough to watch that. She is so fucking amazing yes. on that show. Um, Agreed. I know what. What else, man? I there was one I just had. There's so many. I just like lose track. Um, anyway, yeah, it is. You want to do uh, recommendations? Yeah. Um Why don't you go first? Because I haven't thought of mine yet. Mine is pretty easy. I saw it today. Lady Bird. It is the best movie I've seen in the theater since I uh, since Boyhood. It is amazing. It is sweet. It is funny. It is well observed, as you always say, and it it really is is good. I think it's and it has universal themes with and it's about a story of a coming uh coming of age of a 17 year old and it yeah, it's it's wonderful yeah it's, I, I can't recommend it enough almost saw that today uh instead of thor ragnarok but it was a it was a time thing you know um i, I think i would have preferred to see ladybird because i've heard really good things 
Um, yeah, I, I was, I didn't get a chance because we, like you said, you were going to do this. I was going to, you had a recent Facebook post where you're like, to, I didn't really have anything, but tell me something good. And I was going to say, see Ladybird because that'll make you, it's good. It is really, it's like, I hope it wins all the awards. It's, it's amazing. I want to, I'm going to see it for sure. And I also would like to see, uh, this can't be a recommendation because I haven't seen it, but three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Have you heard of this one? With Francis oh, I saw the trailer for it. Yeah, me. Too. I saw it the... looks amazing. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I saw the trailer for it a while back. Yeah, and I was like, I have to see this movie, and I found out it was by the guy who did In Bruges. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's getting I, before before it comes out. I might have to see Seven Psychopaths because he's done that as well. Yes, I've seen Seven uh, Psychopaths. Not quite as good as In Bruges, but I definitely like the guy's style and his willing willingness to experiment. Um, but that and opened... Francis McDormand looks incredible in that movie. I mean, it's opened already. I didn't when realize she it. ever not. Yeah, it has. It's weird. Yeah. It opened in San Francisco here this weekend. Um, but not Oakland or the East Bay. It opens on like Tuesday, which is weird. So we're going to wait until midweek to go see it. We're like, why trek out to San Francisco for it when we can see it here in a couple of days? Yeah. So. Um, but I, I really highly recommend Lady Bird. I, I mean, I would go out and see it tomorrow if I were you. It's well, so good. Best since boyhood is pretty uh, high praise, so I I will definitely see it. Did you ever end up seeing Moonlight? No, I. No, I should see that. That's probably yeah. I should see that because that I got great reviews too. But I'm on Amazon Prime for free, but I I'm not sure. Uh, okay. You should watch it. Yeah, but yeah, Lady Bird was just it was just uh, such a good movie. Okay, uh, yeah, I am. Greta Gerwig. I hope I'm not overhyping it, but before I saw it, it was overhyped to me, and I was like, I don't know if it could be that good, but it really is very good. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'll definitely check it out. Um, well, I'll just recommend, uh, which I mentioned before but hadn't listened to, I'll recommend the uh, Who's Do podcast, Do You Remember, from Minnesota Public Radio. It's only five episodes um, from the current... Would that be called NPR? Yeah, it would. NPR. Uh, it's from the current, which is, I guess, a show on N- on national public radio. I, I who the fuck knows. Anyway, it's just a history of Husker Du, and they talk to all three of them, um, not in the same room, but they uh, like they interviewed Grant Hart like a month before he died or something. Oh, that's about really cool. It. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting story, even if you're not a fan. L- like most biographical things are, I always like even if I don't care about the person, I get invested in people's stories. Um, so it's fun and it's five episodes and they're only like half hour episodes. So it's, it's super easy to consume quickly. Um, so I would recommend that. Uh, that'll do it. That'll do it. Pig. That'll do it. As. Oh, allow me to share a quote from lady bird. That's not really a spoiler, but it, it brought out a sob in me. It was so beautiful and so perfect. Um, let me see. Uh, some people aren't built for happiness. I mean, you know, for a long time I felt like one of those people. Um, it's it's true. If you, I mean, <laughs> it's a truth if you if you can relate to it, you know. Yeah, that's nice. I have nothing else to say because I haven't seen the movie and I have no context for that quote. So why don't you do your uh, little thingy? Like us on Facebook. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com if you'd like to guest on the show, have something we should talk about, 
or just would like to chat, or if you have advice you want us to answer, or if you just want to send us snakes. Um, oh, don't send me snakes. I said snakes. Okay. Yeah, you can I send said me snakes. snakes. Uh, what was the other thing we did? Oh, uh, rate us high on iTunes and write a very high review. And most importantly, tell your friends to listen. Tell them. Don't ask. You know, this isn't Canada. Nothing good comes from just asking. Tell them. It's worth their... Demand. Demand. The, uh, man, we saw... Sorry, I know this is off topic, but I was watching Colbert last night, and, like, there was this thing coming on. Dish TV customers demand that they don't remove CBS from Dish. Well, I'm like, they're going to remove a fucking whole network from Dish? Satellite service? That seems weird. I mean, like a one of the major three networks, but I guess that's what they're planning. So um, if you have Dish and you're in the Bay Area, um, you're dumb because you're paying too much. That's my point. So until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>